Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Something very weird has happened. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests like the Hall of Famer Mike Breen in a half hour on the Goodyear hotline. I promise you, I swear to you, I'm going to do everything I can to get to my basketball hot take quickly here. But something has happened that we cannot ignore. We cannot. I'm a trained journalist, and when I hear a story, I know we have a story. So we told you a few moments ago, Brandon Phillips, who is our stage manager on Get Up and on this program, and we've known him now for three and a half years, and he's a dear friend, grew up on Long Island, and he's a Jet fan, like every other person from Long Island, tells us a little bit earlier... I ask him out of curiosity because his parents are are Jamaican. They came here from Jamaica and he has no trace of a Jamaican accent. And so I asked him uh, just in conversation, were you born here or were you born in Jamaica? And he said, and I quote, I was conceived in Jamaica, (laughs) but I was raised in Long Island. And I thought to myself, well, that is probably much more information than any of us required. So we have that conversation, and then I turn to Brandon because he's a friend, and I want to make sure he's comfortable with the conversation we just had. Bubba, I need you to hear what he said next. He said, Greeny, I have a conception song. I was conceived to the song Killing Me Softly by Roberta Flack. I'm sorry, what? And I said, well, why do you know that? And he said, well, my parents told me that. At which point we lost Hembo. We lost Hembo completely. We've continued to lose him. Hembo is, can't even, he can't function. He finds this all so painfully awkward. Brandon is laughing as well. We can see it under his mask. I'm delighted to see he's comfortable. And all I can think is it sounds like something you would hear in an old movie. Like, yeah, you and the horse you rode in on. Yeah, you and the song you were conceived to. Right? Isn't that what it sounds like? Bubba. Your thoughts on knowing the song you were conceived to? I mean, we're taking it to a whole, a whole How old was he when he found out this song? I, that's another question. Do you know how old you were when you when, when you were first told? No, no, I don't want to ask. I don't want to ask that. I don't want to ask. No, I don't want to ask that. I want to go. I want to go and talk about the basketball. I got hot takes here. I got something strong to say. I got a point to make. I can no longer talk about this stuff. I just, Bubba, did you find that worthy of the two minutes we just spent on it as much as I did? I mean, this is uh, this is a new one for me. So yeah, I guess it's uh, it's earth shattering news. So. Not only that, if I were to call my mom and I were to say, "Do you have any idea what song?" I can't even say this out loud. Like, imagine asking your parents what song you were conceived to. If indeed you were conceived to a song, my I can't even fathom the jokes. That you know what? Move on. I'm moving on. I'm moving. I can't do it. I'm going to get myself fired if I don't do this. Greenies takes. All right. I'm going to give you my hot take today, brought to you by 303 Products, Premium Protectants and Cleaners. Keep your car looking like new longer. And that is, my hot take for today is, if we ever do a sequel to the legendary book Profiles in Courage, written by uh, former President John F. Kennedy, it will not be written by the Los Angeles Clippers. What the Los Angeles Clippers did this weekend is a joke. It's a joke. They ducked the Lakers in the last weekend of the season. The Clippers played the Rockets and the Thunder Friday and Sunday. Teams that won a combined 39 and 105 this season. 
Why? To avoid the Lakers until the conference final. They wanted to fall out of the three spot so they wouldn't have to play the Lakers until the conference finals. Now, I do not want to hear that they wanted to rest. They did not play any of their starters yesterday. There was an NBA game played yesterday, and I'm putting NBA in air quotes because it certainly wasn't an NBA caliber game. But there was a game played in the NBA yesterday in which the Clippers did not play any of their starters in order to, I guess in theory, rest up for a playoff series that doesn't start for a week. There's a play-in tournament. The Clippers do not play for a week. So they didn't need rest. If anything, they need to play. They need reps. But no, they didn't play. So they could avoid the Lakers. Stephen A. Smith. Really? Just like that? You want to avoid the Lakers? You know what? There's a difference between being a championship contender and being the Clippers. Mm. And they reminded us mm. they the Clippers. They reminded us they the Clippers. Because what the hell are you doing? I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I prefer to see the Lakers and the Clippers in the conference finals rather than the first round. Don't get me wrong. But if you're the Clippers, why are you appearing like you running from anybody? I, I mean, don't you have Kawhi Leonard? Don't you have Paul George? Did you just pick up Rondo? I mean, don't, don't, don't you got a crew? Mm-hmm. Y'all don't look like y'all want to win these games. Mm-hmm. Y'all looking like y'all trying to avoid the Lakers. That was Stephen A. on KJZ this morning here on ESPN Radio. Listen, I just went to look this up. I don't know when exactly this started. But I know that in the era in which I was covering the NBA, this would never have happened. So I just picked Michael Jordan's final season in Chicago. Michael Jordan's, as it turned out, his final regular season game as a Bull in his age 35 season was played in mid-April of 1998. The Bulls, again, this is the final day of the season. They wound up winning the Eastern Conference by seven games. So that game did not have meaning. There was no meaning. So it was, and I'm going to make air quotes again, a meaningless game. But it was an NBA game. So it wasn't meaningless to them. Take a guess how many minutes Michael Jordan played in that game. Take a guess how many points he scored. You think he played 20 minutes? You think he played 30 minutes? Michael Jordan played 40 minutes in that game and scored 44 points. In the last game of the season, in which his team had a seven-game lead in the conference, because they cared, because it mattered, because an NBA game was on the schedule, so you played it. For crying out loud, when did we lose that? What happened? Did I miss a meeting? When was the meeting that said, oh, from now on, guys, from now on, we don't play the last game. It doesn't matter. We got to rest up. There's a play-in tournament. We're not, we're not scheduled to play. When is the earliest the Clippers can play? I should have looked Stand this up by. ahead of time. The, the Western Conference play-in stuff is Wednesday and Friday. So the Clippers cannot play until Saturday at the earliest. I should have looked that up before I started, but it doesn't matter. It is at least that long. When did this stop mattering? When did we just stop playing those games? We take who's got next pickup games at West 4th Street more seriously than we take NBA regular season games. 
After Friday's loss, Ty Lu said the third seed is, quote, what we're worth fighting for and shooting for. And then he showed that by promptly not playing any of his starters in the season finale on Sunday. Not one for one second. Michael Jordan played 40 minutes in the final regular season game of 1998. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. So anyone who's telling me that that doesn't, that's that just not the way it was. And that wasn't 150 years ago. I'm not talking about George Mikan. I'm talking about Michael Jordan. It's 23 years ago. 23 being the operative number when it comes to Michael. So I don't know when this started. And I don't know why it started. But somewhere along the line, we have lost our way. I am Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. So, Bubba, let me ask you a question. Did you enjoy more my losing it? I actually got so mad there, I threw my pen. It's gone. I, I mean, I, I pounded the table, and I, my pen just flew out of my hand. I don't even know where it is. Did you enjoy, Bubba, my anger in that moment over the Clippers and their, their profiles in Courage, or the discussion of the song to which our stage manager, Brandon, was conceived? Which of those do you think was the greater quality programming here in the last 10 minutes, Coast to Coast on ESPN Radio? That's a tough call. It's a tough one. But, um, poof. I'm going to go Clippers. Okay. Because the, the the other one is just so disturbing that I just don't, I don't know what to say. I fair. You know, I, I just... It makes no sense. I don't know why we're talking about conceived songs and Jamaica and what what you're doing. I don't understand. I don't okay. get it. Fair enough. I'll, I will say this, though. I would rather have my parents tell me what song they conceived me to than watch that game last <laughs> night where the Clippers don't play any of their starters. I would rather have that conversation. I'd rather call my mother today and say, you know, Ma, something came up on the radio today. Can you imagine that? <laughs> something came up today. I was just wondering... <laughs> I mean, this is so disturbing. I'm, I'm literally, I'm, 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 I'm at a loss. Coming up next, I've identified a person with whom I have absolutely nothing in common. Of all the people walking, how many people are there? Seven billion. Okay, I have more in common with six billion nine hundred ninety-nine million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine other people than I do with this one. I will identify that person next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Oh, 
Oh, my goodness. Brandon, I apologize for the musical selection here. This, of course, is Roberta Flack singing Killing Me Softly, which, uh, to all of our dismay, we now know our stage manager, Brandon Phillips, was conceived to this song. He he chose to share that information. Uh, In case you're just joining us and you're wondering why in the world would he know that, we share that, too. Uh, But that did indeed come up today. And then Ray, because he's funny, sent me a text that said, is this something that would come up more than once? For example, when the Fugees did the remake, was it something the family revisited (laughs) around the dinner table? You know, that song is legendary in our family for a variety of reasons. Okay, moving forward. The great Mike Breen will join us in just a few minutes here. Went into the Hall of Fame this weekend. He and Wilbon, what a wonderful and well-deserved honors for both of those guys. So we will talk to them. But anyway... I was going through notes this weekend and I came across someone who I think if there are 7 billion people in the world, someone with whom I have less in common than literally anyone else. His name is Ben Cleveland. He is a Ravens offensive lineman whose nickname is Big Country. And I'm just going to read this directly to you. I'm going to play the sound in a minute, but I will start by reading this to you. Then we'll hear about the diet. He spoke at Friday's rookie minicamp. Again, Ben Cleveland, offensive lineman, big country. Where's he from again? From Georgia. From Georgia. And how big is he? Uh, 320 pounds. 320 pounds. So he and I look nothing alike to begin with. (laughs) Having said that, he acknowledged at Friday's rookie minicamp that he is fond of eating squirrels quote it's more one of those things where you eat what you got in the freezer from the fall get a little hungry fry up a squirrel he said his love for devouring squirrels began here we go when he stayed home sick from school one day and all he could find in the house to eat was biscuits so he opened up the living room window and shot two squirrels for lunch I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? When I was home from sick from school as a child, I watched game shows all day long. And if I got hungry, I ordered in Chinese. (laughs) Ben Cleveland opened up his living room window and shot two squirrels (laughs) and then ate them for his lunch. Those are things I just cannot fathom. He spoke about it. They, they call it now a squirrel diet. He sort of takes issue with the idea of calling it a diet. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I don't know if it was a specific diet. It's, it's more so one of those things where, you know, you eat what you got in the freezer uh, from the fall. So, you know, had a few, had a few squirrels uh, freeze-dried in there. So, you know, get a little hungry. Ain't got no deer meat left. Fry up a squirrel or two and, uh, you know, just, just go eat that. No, I mean, I listen, I, I don't really know how to respond to that. It, beyond to say that every part of that is so foreign to me. Like when I was a child, if I'd been home and I'd opened up the freezer, I remember the things that were in there. We had like frozen pizzas. Remember like when you were a little kid, you would have, you know, that same age as me. Someone my age, I, the, the frozen pizzas had the little tiny sausage on them and the little tiny green peppers on them and whatever. I forget who made them now, but I liked those a lot. So, you know, maybe I pop one of those into the oven because there were no microwaves then, but we certainly weren't shooting squirrels and throwing them in there. I, I just, and again, I'm not, this is not a value judgment. 
His way isn't better than mine, nor is it worse. His way isn't right, nor is mine wrong. I just merely can't identify with that at all. I mean, at all. I cannot fathom thinking, I'm kind of hungry. I think I'll open up the window, shoot a couple squirrels, and then just fry them up. If squirrel was prepared for you, might you eat it? Not, 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 not where I told. I mean, I grew up. The one, I, the one thing I will say we do have in common is that where I grew up, squirrels were pretty much our only animal. Like the only <laughs> animal I ever saw was a squirrel, right? You would see a rat every once in a while. I'd be upset by that. But if I walked out the door, I, I grew up on Bleecker Street in LaGuardia Place. If I walked out the front door of my apartment and I would walk to school, I lived, here's a true story, I lived 29 blocks from where I went to high school. Stuyvesant High School in those days was on 15th Street and 1st Avenue. It has since moved. But that's where it was then. You had to live 30 blocks. I don't know if this is still the law or not. But when I was a kid, you had to live 30 blocks from school to get a train pass. I lived one block too close. So I did not get a train pass. A train pass, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, is a pass you could flash and you could ride the subway for free. There was a bus pass and a train pass. I I lived too close. So if I was going to take the subway, I had to pay for it. So unless it was freezing... I walked to school every single day. On that walk, which was, you know, 20, 20 minutes-ish, I don't know, I would inc- the only animals I would ever encounter would be squirrels. But you would see squirrels. And at no point did I think, oh, there's lunch. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just nothing could be right. I mean, Brandon, you're from here. You, you ever seen a, you're from Long Island, so you may have actually seen animals. I don't know. Did you see ever an animal when you were growing up? Raccoon? Raccoon? No, I never saw that. I never saw any of them. What was the other one? Yeah, squirrels. That's it. I mean, that, that, that's the only animal that I would see. And pigeons. There would be squirrels. As, and, I mean, if we're counting birds, I would see a pigeon. There'd be pigeons and there'd be squirrels, and that would be it. So none of those was ever going to be lunch. So, again, I, I have nothing but love for Ben Big Country Cleveland. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm all good with that. I'm not planning on eating over his house anytime soon. But I am very excited for his lunch. Speaking of I'm sorry, what? 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 I'm told I have some really, really good uh, hockey play-by-play calls. Now, I've always loved those. Any of you who remember Mike and Mike, we loved playing great, enthusiastic calls, play-by-play calls. Could be from any sport. I used to particularly love championship week in college basketball when some team would win like a small conference championship and we'd go into the tournament for the first time in 27 years and the announcer would lose their mind. I love that stuff. So I'm told we have a couple of really good calls from last night. So let's start with this. This is 970 WFLA Lightning Radio. Here we go. Uyghur right point shot blocked by McDonough. Up ice. Here's a breakaway. Brandon Point alone. Backhand shot. Score! Brandon Point. Brandon Point. 5-4 Lightning with 114 left to go. What a pass by McDonough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love the very afterthought. What a pass by McDonough. That's awesome. That's our guy. That's the lightning call. He won the, They won the Stanley Cup. We played him every single day. We had him on the show. What, remind me of his name. I love Dave that guy. His, Dave oh, Mishkin, I think, right? What was it again? Dave Mishkin. That's it. Dave Mishkin. <laughs> Dave Mishkin. He's awesome. He's an icon. I love him. All right. And then here, this one is, uh, this is the New York. Oh, this is the Islanders game-winning overtime goal yesterday. Islanders Radio Network. Here we go. Kyle Palmieri sends it near corner. Pajot to Palmieri. Right of the Pittsburgh. Next shoot. He scores! Kyle Palmieri, second of the game, is an overtime winner. And the Islanders take game one this afternoon. 
wait a minute. Was that two different people? <laughs> Hold on. Just take note with me of when the voice just completely changes. We've changed multiple octaves, right? Like, I don't think we're... we're I, this, is, this is... Kyle Palmieri okay. sends it near corner. Pajot to Palmieri, right of the Pittsburgh. Next shoot! He scores! <laughs> Kyle Palmieri, second of the game, is an overtime winner! And the Islanders take game one this afternoon in Pittsburgh! 4-3 is your final! All right, that was everything I was hoping it would be and more. That's extremely well done. I love it. And again, we're laughing with you, not at you. I love it. I love the enthusiasm. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. They're having fun. Good for them. Mike Breen, live next ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greenie, the podcast. Greenie with you. Oh, that's an appropriate song choice. Greenie with you presented by Progressive Insurance. The Hall of Famer, Mike Breen, will join me live in 30 seconds on the Goodyear Hotline. Our endless congratulations. Well, we'll talk about it with him in just a moment, right after this moment for some straight talk. Sure, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good. Like walk-off home run in the ninth kind of good. With straight talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Should the Bulls foul? No. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied. Brian looking. Our test, that's a three. Bang! Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open, fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Uh, the unrecognizable, excuse me, the un... What's the word I'm looking for? The highly recognizable voice. Unmistakable. My goodness. The unmistakable voice. Could I have screwed that up worse as I introduce the newly minted member of the Basketball Hall of Fame um, has been doing basketball for us forever at ESPN and ABC and before that all these years doing the Knicks. And he is, as it is described on my sheet here, a Fordham legend. The one and only Mike Breen is back with me here. Congratulations, Mike. Good morning, my friend. But I... I, I, um... I apologize for starting this way, but I have to be quick um, mm-hmm. because in my my local neighborhood, there's a um, 
There's a two-for-one on Mondays, a two-for-one chalupa sale at, at my local Taco Bell. And, and I need to get to that because it's, it's kind of like a tradition with me now, especially now. <laughs> okay. Very well played and always very amusing. I, 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 you know, which sort of breaks up my heartfelt moment here where I was going to say that it was really special for me to see you and Wilbon together. Those pictures, I first saw them on Twitter this weekend. Obviously, they gave you guys this ring, and, and they, they posted these pictures of you guys holding these rings or, or wearing these rings uh, as recipients of this award that put you in the Hall of Fame. H- how would you, Mike, describe what that what this entire weekend, this entire experience, and, and all of this has meant to you? Uh, it was, it was uh, the most humbling experience of my life, Mike. Um, it, it's hard, it really is hard to put into words. Um, but to, you know, to do something that you love for so long and, and love it every night, um, and then to be given an award for something that, you know, doing something that you love is, um, it's overwhelming. It really was an overwhelming few days. Um, but it was beautiful because I, I I got to spend it with my family, not just my wife and my children, um, but my mother and my brothers and a, a number of dear, dear friends, and that was the whole um, beauty of it, is being able to share with all the people that were responsible for, for the night even happening. Um, it's, it's a weekend that I will never, ever forget. Uh, it's extraordinarily well-deserved. And anyone who knows you, I'll, I'll just say this, you are the last person in the world to like talking about yourself or to like being the center of attention. And, and, and a lot of people pretend that, but you actually live that way. What was it like for you, instead of describing the... You know, the great achievements of others. What was it like for you to be the one that everyone was talking about? It was, well, the whole ceremony, that, uh, for, uh, they, they put me last. So I couldn't possibly, <laughs> I couldn't possibly enjoy the, the rest of the ceremony. I mean, I loved hearing the speeches, but the whole time you're sitting there with such anxiety. Um, because you just, uh, as you say, it, it, it's uncomfortable to do it. I'm, I'm very comfortable at the other end. Um, but it was uncomfortable to do it. And part of that is because you just, you want to get it right and you want to thank the right people. And you're always concerned that you're going to leave somebody out. Um, but it, it, um, you know, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to give thanks to the people that mean the most to you. And I just was, I was worried that uh, I was going to break up and get too emotional to get through some of it. Um, I don't know if you've done this, but but anybody that ever has to give a speech and you're worried about getting overly emotional, the best thing to do is to read it out loud 40 times because after a while it kind of it gets you programmed to just reading it as opposed to just getting emotional. So I was able to get it through, get through it without crying. And that was, to me, that was a major accomplishment. It was well done. And then very quickly, before we move on to the basketball stories of the day, headed into the play-in tournament and then the playoffs, um, I'm guessing of all of the notes that you received, uh, was Michael Kay the only person who demanded uh, to be acknowledged that he was the reason (laughs) and the primary reason that you were up there? No, he didn't demand it. He suggested it. <laughs> um, he, well, you know, I'm, Michael and I have been best friends for 40 years and, and was thinking about him a lot during the weekend. So uh, I hope he's not mad at me for not mentioning him. Wow. It, extraordinarily well-deserved. Wonderful stuff there. All right, let's get to the breaking moves. Breaking moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. All right, so the playoffs get underway. First, we have the play-in tournament here. Give me a sense of, of your thoughts on how this worked out. I am a huge fan of it. 
We heard some players who were critical of the idea of it going down the stretch. I understand their thinking to some degree. In my personal opinion, um, it's a good idea and it served its purpose. What are your thoughts on the play-in tournament and, and your expectations? When I first heard about it, um, I was like, why are we doing this? Um, we have enough teams already in the playoffs, but I have completely done a 180. Uh, I, I thought it made the last couple of weeks of the regular season maybe the best couple of weeks to end a regular season we've had in a long time, if of all time, because so many games, night after night, so many games, uh, there were uh, teams that had something to play for. Just look on the last the last day. So you have every team playing on the last day. And there are going to be 20 teams that are going to continue to play. 17 of those 20 teams still didn't know what spot they were going to be playing in. 17 of the 20. There were only three teams yesterday that had their spot either in the playoffs or the play-in cemented. And to me, that made for a great last day of the regular season. And, you know, I've always liked the fact that you reward the, the number one team in each conference, home court throughout the playoffs in your conference. I like the fact that you reward the first four teams for a great regular season. You get home court in the first round. Now we're rewarding the top six teams. And although people say, oh, it's going to make a mockery of the regular season, I disagree. I think it's almost the other way around. Now it's like you have incentive to finish in the top six. And if you don't, then whether you're seven, eight, nine, or ten, now you've got to deal with this playing thing. That's, that's a hard thing to do. And you reward these top six teams by giving them almost a full week off to recover and refresh now for the playoffs. And I think that's the part that has been kind of gone under the radar. Teams are wiped right now. And that happens a lot in the regular season. And usually the regular season ends on a Wednesday and you start in playoffs, bang, right on Saturday. But not, not this year. Now this year these teams get almost a full week to recover. And I think over all the years with this, it's, it's perhaps the most important for having to have that week. So, so I really like it. In a long-winded way, I really like it. I do, too. And, and it, it, for all the reasons you just described, it accomplished what it was set out to accomplish, which is to make more meaningful these games at the end of the regular season. I also like how we snuck in a little mini bang there. You see that? There's a little quick bang for the audience there, which is very nice. All right, let me get to the games. I, I haven't looked at the roster, but I'm assuming you're doing um, Lakers-Warriors on Wednesday night, which... Look, that's got about as much star power as any game we're going to have the rest of the way with Steph on one side and LeBron on the other. What is your sense of uh, what is your expectation just for the atmosphere of that? We've never had it before. And we have this one game showdown between LeBron and the Lakers. Steph, who's playing as well as anybody in the league and as well as he ever has. Give me a sense of your expectation for, for what the scene should be like on Wednesday night. Well, from my experience of the playing game in the bubble last year, oh, yeah. that was unbelievable. And there was no fans or just a handful of, of personnel and, and some family that were allowed at the time. And it was so exciting. And the players responded to it. It just, it just had that electricity of an elimination game, much like you get in the NCAA tournament or you get in, in, a, in a game seven uh, of any playoff series. So now you're going to go and, and have it at the Staples Center. And granted, there's not full fans, but there will be fans with, as you mentioned, you know, the, the brightest stars that the league has right now. Um, I, I think it's going to be fantastic. And, and to have this to kick off the playoffs. Um, and the other good thing, too, is it's like for these two. All right. So if one of them lose, they still have another chance. Mm-hmm. 
And that's that's also part of the the beauty of the play in. Okay, yeah, you you you're penalizing the teams that finish seven and eight, but you're not completely, you know, you're giving them that little extra something. So all right, you lose one, you can still win the second one, and you're and you're back to where you started. Uh, but I think the atmosphere is going to be great. I just wish there were more fans. Um, but enough fans are going to make enough noise, and to have these two go at it, and still a question mark because because of the health status. I mean, the fact that LeBron James could 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 not make the playoffs. I mean, highly unlikely. There's to me, there's no way, no matter what shape his ankles in, uh, there's no way they're going to lose two in a row. But just having that possibility brings this drama that uh, that we haven't seen this early in the playoffs. Mike Breen with us on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. There are some teams that that need to win a championship in order to validate their seasons, and and you would describe the Lakers as one of those. There are others for whom this season was has already been a resounding success, which is not to say they don't want to continue to win, but no matter what happens, this is a success. And the team that you cover on a, uh, for the most part on a daily basis is one of those, and that is the Knicks. And I just would love to get your thoughts on them. The fans have waited a really long time for something this like to get excited about as much as this team has, as this coach has given them, this star player in Randall has given them. What is your sense on a season of resurgence for the New York Knicks? Well, they accomplished about midway through the season. To me, they accomplished what, what was their number one goal, and that was to change the perception of where the Knicks were uh, in terms of change the perception around the league, change the perception with other players, with agents, in terms of looking going forward, is this going? Is that a good place to go play? Well, now all of a sudden, that's a good place to go play because man, that team plays hard. They play together, um, and New York Knicks basketball is now something people are talking around throughout the league. So they they accomplished that, which to me was number one priority. And everybody was waiting for them to kind of come back down to earth, and it didn't happen. I mean, they actually they played better as it went on. They were sixteen and four. I think it was 16-4 and four in their last 20 games. And that's an incredible finish for a team that everybody was waiting for Julius Randle to, to come back down to earth. And the guys that were playing a lot of minutes to come back down to earth. Um, he did one of the great coaching jobs in the history of the Knicks to turn that around with a team that in many ways had basically the same players. And he had them buying in. Um, and he had them playing together. To me, the biggest surprise, Mike, was the, uh, was the offensive end. You knew they were going to be good defensively because he demands it. But the fact that they became one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, uh, one of the best teams in terms of fewest turnovers, um, they really became a really good offensive team in the second half of the season. And, and that's the surprise, that at both ends of the court, um, they improved leaps and bounds. No question about it. And they go into this thing, you know, with a shot. It's an interesting matchup, actually, in that first round. Hembo and I were talking about it before the show. In a season in which, was it eight of the top 18 seasons offensively in NBA history or something like that? I mean, nine the, of the top 16. Nine of the top 16. So, I mean, offense has been the overwhelming story of the season, Mike, with efficiency and three-point shooting and everything else. Here you take a, a, a Knicks team that prides itself primarily on defense – and they go up against an offense-based team in Atlanta, maybe it gives us a little preview of what is to come the rest of the way when we see stylistically what that series looks like. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we, the, yes, the playoffs is where it's supposed to point. slow down. What that's do you think? The, yeah, that's a great point because every year, you, you know, you hear about that, how you know, the defense wins championships and the great offensive teams come back down to the pack a little bit during the regular season. And there is some truth to that. Uh, because teams certainly concentrate defensively more. And obviously during a series, 
the scouting reports, you know, the players are locked in and focused in terms of what the other team does well and how to stop them. Um, but Atlanta and the way the game is played now by so many teams, um, there are some offensive teams that no matter how good you are defensively, there's still kind of put a lot of points up on the board. And Atlanta is one of them. Uh, they have so many weapons. They have so much depth. And I know depth is more important in the regular season. And it'll be interesting to see how Nate McMillan uh, uses his, his rotation because they've got a lot of guys. But this team can score in a lot of different ways from a lot of different places. And it's, it's a hard, hard matchup. Even though the Knicks won the tiebreaker, one of the games uh, Trey Young got hurt when the Hawks were winning and winning fairly handily. Uh, and he didn't come back, and the Knicks came back and won the game. Um, but I think it's going to be fun to watch. And, and what Trey Young has done this year, I think Nate McMillan has been a great influence on him in terms of kind of getting him to, to be an organizer as opposed to just flying up and down the court and, and uh, you know using his talent and his offensive skills. He's become a much better point guard, a much better floor general, and, and I think that's going to make a difference for them in the postseason. Now by efficiency, they have the 10th-ranked offense of all time. The Knicks have the fourth-ranked defense in the league this year, so it's strength against strength. Mike, we'll be watching as, as you start on this road. I know it's, it's going to be a crazy couple of months for you, but I'm delighted you were able to come in here and say a quick hello, and I'm especially, again, just congratulations. This was a, a richly deserved, and I'm so glad that you had such a special weekend. Thank you, my friend. I'm, I'm, I'm touched, Michael, in so many ways. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk soon. That's Mike Breen, who's just terrific. Greeny with you, coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. I was so happy for him and for Michael Wilbon. Um, Wilbon is, is someone else that I know. I actually know Michael Wilbon better than I know Mike Breen. Um, we, we, we share, you know, an alma mater, and, and he has been – Mike Wilbon – has been, uh, those of us who, who call ourselves part of this Medill Mafia, we all went to the journalism school at Northwestern, um, he's the leader of it. He and Christine Brennan were sort of, they graduated the same year, they're, they're 10 years ahead of me, and then all the rest of us who've sort of come behind them, as I said to Mike this weekend, as he was going into the Basketball Hall of Fame, which is pretty awesome, I said, you know, you have forever set the standard that the rest of us try to live up to, and, and so he... Uh, extremely well and richly deserved on both counts. But of course, just to finish with this thought, um, this weekend will always be remembered for the enormous strength of Vanessa Bryant. And as one who has done some public speaking in my life, and, and Mike Breen just commented on it briefly there. Sometimes I think when it comes, when it comes to doing things that are difficult, we sometimes I think confuse What requires courage and what requires strength? Courage is the ability to do something that you're afraid to do. Strength is the ability to do something that is just hard. And what Vanessa Bryant had to do on Saturday night, I think demonstrated as much strength as anything I've seen from a person. Now, I've never met her in my entire life. I I cannot possibly admire more the way she has handled the impossible circumstances that have befallen her and her family over the last 16 months. Um, But that night, the demonstration of just intestinal fortitude and strength that she uh, showed everyone was something that I I am in awe of. And I I can't think of a better way to say it. It was a special weekend and well-deserved for everyone involved. And I will leave you with that thought today. Thanks so much for hanging out. 
busy week. We'll have plenty to do as we continue. So I'll see you tomorrow. Same place, same time. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.